Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today I'm going to cover The Wingfeather Saga by Andrew Peterson. This is a four-book series, and these were books 44 through 47 for my 2022 reading list. Well, I'm the business manager at a local bookstore here in Franklin, Tennessee, called Landmark Booksellers, and we carry this set, The Wingfeather Saga. And we almost every day somebody comes in and buys at least one of the books from this series. So oftentimes somebody will come in and they'll buy book one, and then they'll read that and maybe a little later come in and buy book two and, and so on. And then some adventurous souls will come in and, and buy the whole whole set and, and get going. So I've, I've been intrigued for a while. Uh, I've read Andrew Peterson's nonfiction works, and I have always looked at these, but they look like they're for kids. And so it, that actually kept me away f- for a while, just thinking that uh, maybe I wasn't the intended audience. And so I just uh, have have stayed away, but I, I decided to bite the bullet and, and add them to my reading list this year. And so I had them added at the end of the year and um, decided to move them up a little bit in, in the rotation, just because there's an animated series coming out in December. And I would like to watch that. And so I, but I don't want to watch it before having read the books. So I decided I needed to read the books before seeing the animated series. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, that was the reason I moved these up. And so I just finished these, these recently here. Um, The series, it's a, it's, it's a work of, of fantasy. And so there are dragons, there's monsters, there's trolls, there are even birds with belly buttons. Uh, within this world, there are three human siblings, and they are fighting this evil character, Nag the Nameless. And this Nag the Nameless has it out for these kids for reasons that I'm not going to get into here because I do not want to spoil this series I- I- at all. And so uh, as much as possible in this episode, I'm going to uh, uh, try to avoid uh, any spoilers. So these th- these three siblings are, are going on a journey. There's this fantastic array of memorable characters, and they are out to confront evil. But not just evil uh, like Nag the Nameless, evil uh, of out there, but also evil that is inside of them, uh, trouble that is inside of their their minds, um, things in their past that that haunt them. Uh, so so there's there's multi multi levels of of what they're they're fighting against in in a lot of ways. Um, there, there's another book in the series. I'm going to get into that in, in just a minute, but in, in the introduction there, Andrew Peterson, the author talks about the process of, of writing these books. And I found that to be very interesting. Uh, he said this was a 10 year process. So these, these, to write these four books, it took 10 years, but he started with world building. So before he ever wrote any of the books, he, he created this world. And so he started with a map. And then it just kind of sounds like it was a series of if-then scenarios after that. So if the the land was like this, then the people that would have lived there would have been like this. Uh, maybe they were seafaring people. And then if these people were on the evil side, uh, how did they get evil? Um, so if they were evil, then this must have happened. And so he just kind of started 
creating this this entire world to where this is all in in his head he's writing it down he's drawing it out and then and then he wrote the stories within within this world that he had already created and i just love that idea i mean it's just a a fascinating thing to think about as you're and and I, I didn't read that until after I'd finished the series, but to to look back at the series and 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 to think that that's how he he approached it, it's, it's really it's it's neat to to think about that. Um, just in terms of initial uh, impressions of of the the series, uh, I I was I was really amazed, um, and and mainly on the level of just thinking through the creativity that is required to create something like this. It just it boggles my mind uh, the the depth uh, the depth of character the depth the level of creativity uh, the struggles that the characters went through um, I, I was talking to to a a father recently who read these to his his kids and he said that he would have to take breaks like he's reading them to his kids and like the the characters going through something so deep. And and he resonates with it so much that he's he he says to like tell it tell his kids just hold on a minute I've, uh, daddy needs a break daddy needs to you know just take a breather here um, but that that's true I, I I wasn't reading these to my my kids this time but um, I I could see that that being the case where you just you kind of need a breather like it, it's 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 a fantastic story but it's also very deep on on a lot of levels as well it was also hilarious I mean it's. A lot of it is is taking place in just darkness. Like it, they're they're on this journey and it and it's dark and there's there's just evil all around and and it's oppressive. Uh, and and then Andrew Peterson will have this just hilarious footnote uh, in, in of, of what's going on. Um, and so and so I loved that. It it just. It, it added a level of humor uh, amidst some, some of the, the horror of, of what's going on in the book. Um, but, but yeah, the, if, if you read through it, you, get, you have to, to stop at each of the footnotes and, and read those. Uh, I'll cover some of the themes in the next segment uh, that, that stuck out to me, but they were very impactful throughout the book. This, this series, uh, I, gosh, I, I, felt like, I felt like a kid again when I was reading it. Uh, I felt like I was back 10, 12 years old and just this like joy of discovery or, um, joy of reading, like just getting deep into this world. And yeah, it, 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 it like, yes, it's for children, but I, 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 I never thought that when I was reading it, I, I was thinking like this, this is for adults, but it also enlivened this childlikeness inside of me, which that doesn't happen a lot when I read. And so that, that's just something that stuck out when I was reading this. Um, just a, a few notes on the books themselves. So there's the series, there's this four book series. Uh, the first one is called On the Edge of this, the Dark Sea of Darkness. And then the second one is North or Be Eaten. The third one is The Monster in the Hollows. And then the fourth one is The Warden and the Wolf King. But there are also two other books I want to mention. And, and so there's a fifth book called Wingfeather Tales. And this is outside of the series, but Wingfeather Tales is a group of seven stories that kind of take little little pieces of things that may have been mentioned in the series, but that you didn't go into depth about. Maybe it was a, a land or 
or uh, a book or something. And and so what the what these tales do is it's seven and it's seven different authors. Uh, Andrew Peterson wrote one of them, but then there's six other authors, and they kind of just extrapolate out uh, from what what is in these series. And it I'm I'm reading through that that right now, and it is it's so funny and fantastic and just kind of adds to the whole thing. So once you get through the series, get get that uh, Wingfeather Tales as well. And here's a little tip. Uh, I, I read the um, hardcover version of the Wingfeather Tales, but uh, I've seen the paperback version and you can get the paperback version for a good price. Uh, I'll link to that in the in the show notes. But if you get the paperback version, there there's a complete map of the entire world that I did not see in any of the hardcover books. So if you want that map, it like it just helped me kind of visualize the entire area. So if if, if that's important to you, I would get the soft cover paperback version of the Wingfeather Tales so that you have that map in front of you. So there's the Tales, that's that's the fifth book. There's a sixth book as well called Creaturepedia, and you have to get this if you're reading through the series. Creaturepedia is a book of all the creatures that you will come across while you're reading the book. So it's kind of like a guidebook on the creatures you're reading about. And these creatures are so funny and like imaginative and 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 then so in the creaturepedia you've got uh a a illustration of the of the animal and then just like these hilarious notes about the animal itself the the creature so if if you're gonna go in like just get all six books and just start with them and, and especially like just have creaturepedia next to you while you're going through all the books uh one other note here is, or I've got a couple other notes. Uh, one thing is you stick with it. Um, I found that it was like in the middle of book two that it just, it hit another level. And so if you're in book one and, and it's, you're just having trouble with it, you, you just got to stick through it, stick with it. Uh, and, and for me, it was hitting the middle of book two and it was like, this this is something special. So stick with it is my suggestion if, if you're having trouble with book one. Uh, my final suggestion here is is to read it, like buy the physical books and read it as opposed to listening to it. Uh, if 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 you're if you're young, uh, you know, listen to it. That that's fine. If you are an adult, like get the books because the footnotes, as I mentioned, are just hilarious. You've got to read the footnotes. And then there's the map. There's there maps. There's illustrations. Um, it it it's good to have the physical book with you as you're reading this. Uh, and and for even more pleasure, read it to your children. I have an eight year old and a five year old. The eight year old has started reading book one. Uh, I think. I'm going to give her a, another year or two, and then uh, we'll probably just read through it uh, together. And, and I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, in terms of, of age group, I would, I would recommend 10 years old and, and up. Uh, but but yeah, do read the physical books. And then my last note, I, I kind of hinted at it before, but um, don't think of this as a children's series and don't let that stop you from reading it because I did not have that thought at all as I was reading it, and it was very deep, and it was very enjoyable. For reading stats, this uh, entire series, the four books are 1,422 pages. That took me 36 hours and 19 minutes. Uh, That was over 22 days, and so it averages 61 pages per day. I read this between October 16 and November 7. Uh, I want to give a little context for that time. So you may 
think 36 hours is an extremely uh, large amount of time to devote to books. Is it worth it? I hope in this episode to convince you that it is worth it, but also just want to give uh, some comparisons. So I read Narnia uh, last year. Yeah, last year. And I also read The Lord of the Rings last year. And Narnia took me 24 hours total to get through those seven books. The Lord of the Rings uh, plus The Hobbit took me uh, high 40s uh, hours. So this kind of fits right in the middle time-wise between Narnia and The Lord of the Rings. So in segment two, I'm going to cover three three big thing, themes that that kind of showed up throughout the the series. Uh, again, these these are kind of like overall themes that don't don't give away spoilers. And then in the final segment, I'll cover the one thing, my one key takeaway, the thing I'm still thinking about after reading the Wingfeather Saga series. Wanted to share three themes that I saw throughout the series that that really struck me. I think part of the reason they struck me is I've experienced them or I've thought about them a lot in in my life. So the first one is that the stories are true. There is one character throughout the series that uh, that has read a lot in in his past and and he's read stories of of adventure and, and creatures and diff- distant lands and things like that. And throughout the series, this this character comes across the things that he's read about, and he keeps making the statement that the stories are true. The stories are true. Um, so I let me read one part. This is actually from a different character, not the not the character that keeps saying the stories are true. But um, uh, this is somebody else talking. But it but it aligns very closely with this idea that the stories are true. All my life, I've wanted to believe that the stories are true. I've never been able to quiet the pleasurable ache between my heart and my stomach that I felt as a boy when I read these tales. And now that I am wrapped up in the Wingfeather Saga, that ache has grown so that I can hardly bear it. Here I sit in the presence of queens and heroes and magic. Yes, magic. It is only when we have grown too old that we fail to see the maker's world is swollen with magic. It hides in plain sight, in music, and water, and even bumblebees. End quote. I love that. I, I just, I, I remember being a kid and, and reading stories of like dragons and princesses and, and kings and, and distant lands and, and just wondering like, are these true? And... I remember last year reading the series uh, by Russ, Russ Ramsey, and, and he talks about true tall tales. Uh, just this, this idea, like, what if, what if the things that we read about are true? What if the stories we grew up reading, what if they're true? I, I love that. I love that idea. I love thinking about that. And uh, it just comes up over and over in this series, and it was, it was so delightful. The second thing is songs. Uh, the Throughout this series, music and songs play an integral part in the stories. Uh, there's there's a deep power in in music. Uh, so I want to read a few a few quotes here from the book and then just share a, a story as well. Um, her song rose from the depths of her heart and sent a burst of shimmering chords into the matter of the world. They sizzled from her in a million strands. Waking something bright in their bones, the music reached into secret places and did wondrous things. End quote. Uh, I, that is not an exact quote. I skipped around quite a bit there just to avoid 
stating names that would uh, give away spoilers, but the ideas there of just these songs bursting forth from from her, and they sizzled from her in a million strands, just going out in all these different directions, waking something bright in their bones. The music reached into secret places and did wondrous things. I love those descriptions. Here are a few more. So that one was from book three. The next uh, set here are from book four. There's a powerful magic in songs, you know. You can aim the heart, point it at what matters. End quote. Next one. She heard music that was deeper than the song she was playing. And then the final one. Images passed through her mind like waves. Uh, end quote. And so as she's playing this music, the image, images are passing through her mind like waves. And that reminded me when, when I was, uh, this is probably like 10 years ago, I, I, would, I used to play, uh, I, I play the violin and I, I would play with this guy and, and we'd play at restaurants and bars. And I would just get into this like trance of, of playing and I would be so zoned into what I was doing that it's almost like my mind would go blank and this reel of like a video reel of images from childhood would come back and just go through my mind. And these were images I had not remembered for a long period of time. Like it was, it was really exciting because it would, it would just bring back these memories that I I had forgotten. And it was, it was the strangest thing. Like it, it, in, and I, that doesn't happen like with anything else in my life. Like if I'm driving or something, I'm, I'm not like, I don't have this video reel, but for some reason playing music and, and doing that and just being so zoned into playing the violin with, with these songs, like it would just open up this like video memory in my life. And so when, when this happened in the book and the images passed through her mind, like waves, I just, I had that thought. Uh, same thing of, of, of like that. And then that, the other quote of, of she heard music that was deeper than the song she was playing. Um, and there's a powerful magic in songs, you know, um, I had a, a, another experience when I was, when I was, um, 18 and I, and I was, I was doing music at a, at a church and I was playing a song in, in, and it's like, I, I came out of my body and it was like above my body for, for like a few seconds. And it was the, it was a really cool experience, but that like throughout these series, the music does stuff like that throughout, throughout the series. And so part of it was just, I, I loved that idea, the, the power of music. And then other parts of it were just like, I've, I've experienced something similar and, and this is kind of being written about in like a fantasy thing of like music doing these, these crazy things, but it's like, I've experienced some of these things with music. And so that may sound crazy to you, but like, uh, I, I connected very deeply with, with that part of the book. Uh, the final theme that, uh, that, that stuck out was just, uh, this idea, uh, this comes towards the end of book two. Uh, one of the characters says there, there are things that ain't been paid for. And he was talking about his life. And this is just this, this devastating scene, uh, this, this man being confronted with, with things in his past. And just, he, he makes this comment, there's things that ain't been paid for. And so I think that kind of the bigger theme here and, and something I really appreciated, appreciated about this series was that uh, there's a constant battle for the soul of the people in, in these books. 
um, there, there's a comment in book four that even the noblest soul could be broken. And you see that with so many of the characters. There, there's not like this cookie cutter good guy and cookie cutter bad guy over here. And then they do all bad stuff on this side and all good stuff over here. It's like the, the characters had a depth about them and in a deep struggle that I think anyone who reads these books will identify with, with these characters. It's, it's, uh, whether it's, it's in the mind, uh, of just the mind kind of attacking the person, um, there's the, this, there's a ton of like temptation. Like, uh, do I, do I follow the, the things that are said about me in my head or do I follow what I know is true? Um, so just, just that constant battle. And then I, I, I keep thinking about that line by Solzhenitsyn where he says the, the, the line dividing good and evil passes through the heart of every person. Uh, not through political party. Like there's not this good political party over here and this bad one over here. It's groups of people are made up. It's made up of people. And within each person, within each heart, uh, there, there's a line dividing good and evil. So we, we all struggle with that. It's not, you know, if you get rid of this group of people over here, then everything's going to be great. It's no, the problems is within each of us. And you see that very strong in this series. The, the other thing I, I really appreciated and, and, and thought was, was important is that the, the evil characters in the book, it, it says over and over that they, that they chose that. And, and it, it's actually just a really neat thing to consider how, how people became uh, these, these animals in, in the story. They, they were human and, and they, they become animals, uh, but they chose it. They, they had to participate in that. And sometimes it was a forced manner in which they participate, but uh, there was a level of, of choosing in that. Uh, so a lot of layers there, but just uh, this, this kind of overall theme that no matter how good the character was, uh, that there was a deep struggle in, in each of them. Um, and no matter how bad the character was, there, there was, there was a chance to make it right. There was a, a chance for renewal. Uh, so th- those are three th- themes that stuck out throughout the Wingfeather Saga series. Now into segment three in the one thing, my one key takeaway, uh, Key takeaway is a weird concept when when considering fiction. So uh, if I'm reading nonfiction, you know the one key takeaway might be something that I that I implement in my life or, or something that I want to change immediately. Uh, so th- that's usually kind of easy to to pick out in a nonfiction work. In in a work of fiction like this, what what oftentimes becomes my one thing is the the thing that stuck out the most and that I I, I can't stop thinking about. So for this series, it is. Over the issue of names, uh, names are crucial throughout this Wingfeather saga. Uh, the names that people are given, the names that people call themselves, that other people call them. Uh, they're the 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 main mother of well the the mother of the uh, the three main characters is constantly reminding her children who they are. And so when they, when they, when she drops them off for school, she said, you know, remember who you are. And there's this constant saying their names over and over. This is who you are. Uh, 
And you're going to hear things in your head that are going to say, that are going to tell you that that's not who you are. You're going to hear things from other people that are going to tell you that that's not who you are, but remember who you are. Remember your name. Uh, I had a neat connection just with the book I read prior to the Wingfeather Saga, and that was Why Art Matters by Alistair Gordon. And he, he makes the observation that for any creative work, for any work of art, the final part of that is naming it. That is the final act in, in a work of creativity, in a work of art, is to name that work of art. And it's, it's an important part of it. And so I was just thinking of, of, of these things throughout throughout these this series the power of names uh, comes up over and over but just I don't think I'd ever given it much thought uh, but but the power of of names and and how we consider our names what we tell ourselves uh, our names are and how that can get thwarted and disrupted by what our minds tell us are our names or uh, what others say our names are. And so it, just a neat thing, but, but a, a, very, a very key concept uh, throughout this series. And there's just something that I can't stop thinking about after reading this series. So to recap, um, it's a fantasy series. I, if you've listened to this episode or uh, this podcast for a while, you know that in the past I had trouble with fantasy. I just did not like reading fantasy books. And a friend of mine suggested when I was reading uh, The Lord of the Rings, I, I, I did not enjoy The Hobbit. And I wanted to continue with The Lord of the Rings, and I, and I shared that I was having trouble getting through The Hobbit. And he said, read it as if it were true. And so I did that with the rest of The Lord of the Rings, and, and I loved it. Uh, it shifted everything for me. I think I think I, in the past I went into fantasy just thinking that it was child's play or not not re- not realistic and it wouldn't help me in other books. So like if I read something about um, uh, history that that could help me understand another book I read uh, that took place during the same time. But if I'm reading a fantasy book, like I'm getting involved in this world that doesn't exist anywhere else. It's not going to help me in in anything else. Uh, but when I started reading it as if it were true, that shifted anything. Uh, that, that shifted everything. So I, I went in with that mindset to this series as well. And so if you have trouble with fantasy, uh, I, I, this, this might be a good place to start for you, but, but please go in reading it as if it were true, like as if this actually happened. And I think it'll really help you. If you have children and they are 10 years old or up, I think you would just have a really nice family time. If you read this series to them at night, um, I've heard a lot of parents doing that. I've I've seen over and over on social media too. I, I think just this kind of goes into the how special this series is. I, I've seen over and over uh, parents who have read this to their children, but then the parents saying that they they have wept uh, while reading it. Uh, I did not weep while reading this. I I did not get teary eyed or anything. Uh, in in it's very hard for me to get teary-eyed when I when I'm reading. Uh, that happens very rarely, but just to see—I I mean, I could see how that would have happened just in in reading this series, and that I, I see that happen a lot as is just as I see other people reading these these books on on social media. So that's that's interesting to me. Uh, I I felt like a child reading this, and and I I mean that in a very good way. Uh, it it 
it brought back a lot, some of that childhood joy. And that's, that's a very cool thing. And I do not experience that a lot. So uh, that was a neat part of this as well. The, the last thing I, I liked is uh, that this series, throughout the series, there is just a highlighting of the importance of books and stories and bookstores. And I, that just brought joy and, and um, a smile to my face. So I, I loved that. I do hope you give this series a try. Um, don't feel like you need to be a kid to read it, uh, but it might, it might bring back some of that, that child in you. So uh, I hope you read it. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you, uh, especially if you've read the Wingfeather Saga. You can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. Let me know what you thought of Wingfeather, maybe some of the things that you got out of it, the, the big themes or um, the parts of the books that, that really tugged, it, tugged at you. Um, you can buy the book from, from Landmark Booksellers. I'll, I'll link to it in the, in the show notes as well. If you use the Books of Titans, uh, if you just, as a coupon code, use Books of Titans, that'll give you 10% off the, the book. You can also follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter and go to the website. I've got a lot of resources there to help you find the best books and to create your own reading list. I'll be back in a week or two to discuss another book or series from my 2022 reading list. And until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out. I'm out.